Hey everyone, welcome to Pro Football Ireland. It's week 17. Well, it's not really anymore of the NFL season. We've got one more game to go, but it's Monday morning. The first podcast of 2023 after what can only be described as a highly eventful NFL Sunday. Um, numerous things happen. And frankly, and we'll, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but uh, Mark, first off, what a big welcome to you, man. Not a lot to be decided in week 18, um, which... For someone that has to come up with ideas in terms of content and stuff, that's, that's not great, but it's all good. And obviously, in two weeks' time, it gets there. But we we are getting there in terms of the uh, of the playoff slate, and we're we're starting to see now the avenues in which certain teams can get to, and we're also starting to see now teams that were bigged up for weeks in in this season that are that are falling off. Uh, a very entertaining Sunday. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. First, uh, first one, twenty twenty three. The year that I guess we go global with this podcast but you're dead right in what you're saying with uh the uneventfulness this we were we were always going to be open to this based on how um top heavy the whole nfl was that we knew that we were going to get certain seeds um sewn up but i think it's funny how the tables have turned going into uh we'll look ahead to week 18 just for a moment before we look back to week 17 that the new york giants are locked into the number six seed whereas we don't have the Philadelphia Eagles locked into number one seed. That game was supposed to be that the Eagles are such big rivals of the Giants that instead of resting players, they were trying to knock them off out of the playoffs. And now you're hoping that uh, maybe the Giants won't be too vicious against the Eagles, that the Eagles can get the number one seed. So, I mean, that's that's about the, the only surprise that we have this late in the season. Michaela, for, for people listening to this podcast, um, recording this on a Monday morning, I am pumped for this Bill's... Bengals game tonight. Not only because I could be a, a fantasy kit champion by four o'clock on Tuesday morning, but it's just generally for 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 the seeding in the AFC. But um, look, obviously, happy New Year yourself, Michaela. And look, the, these Eagles look like they're going to start faltering, not flying towards the end. Or am I uh, am I being too harsh on the Monday morning? I think the Eagles struggling in the last two games just shows that Jalen Hurts is is the front runner for the MVP because a lot of people are saying. If you took him out of that Eagles team, they wouldn't struggle. They'd still win their games. And I think it's just shown, though, I know they've had a few injuries on defense as well, on the offensive lines after taking a really, really bad injury with one of the tackles gone. And that was clear yesterday with the amount of times the the defense of the Saints was getting to Minshew. But it definitely shows that Jalen Hurst is vital to that team and he's vital to that team playing well. And it even just strengthens. Like I thought like his MVP chances would take a hit not being able to play these two or three games, but they actually haven't. They probably, in my eyes, catapulted him up more because he, he has shown that he is very, very valuable. And yeah, that Bengals and Bills game, I think that genuinely is going to be a, a teaser for the AFC Championship game. I think those two teams will be in the AFC Championship game. Interesting, interesting. Uh, we'll talk more about the Eagles in a bit and we'll, and we'll get into that. There's so, there's so many things to look on from this insane week 17 and it was one that was just really, really... Really, really enjoyable, and I guess Mark, we, we we have to start off with sort of the teams that blew it. You know, first off, you 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 look at the Jets going to Seattle on Sunday. They only put up six points. Mike White struggles against a Seahawks team that, frankly, weren't great. I said to Kenneth Walker, Geno Smith, okay, you got the job done, but they weren't fantastic by any way, shape, or form. They're leading their leading receiver at fifty odd yards receiving. The Jets just. Mike White, the two interceptions killed him, but the Jets didn't seem to have any confidence. You look at um, you know, the players within the game. Garrett Wilson had a very, very quiet game. And then you look at the Washington Commanders, ignoring the fact that Ron Rivera didn't know at the end of the game about his team's playoff chances, his team's playoff expectations that were now out of their hands going into that game in Green Bay. You look at the way the team performed. Carson Wentz, I think he had a 2.8 rating overall, three interceptions on the day. I think the call to put Carson Wentz back in instead of Taylor Heineke is baffling. Um, and they're now out of the playoffs, 7-8-1, which is it's just an, it's, it's an astonishing thing to happen because they have shown in certain weeks this year, albeit against certain teams, that they have technically what it takes to reach the playoffs in, in this fragmented slash fractured NFC this season they've completely bricked it up the wall and if it was a normal organization if it was a normal team there would be a clear out next week but we're not talking about a normal organization did you see their new mascot Mr. Hogs or something I, I missed the uh, I missed the mascot in amongst it all but he's a giant I think, or something 
I think it's it's talking about the head coaches. You talked about content coming into this part of the year. I think we'll preview it uh, going into week 18. Who is on the hot seat? I think it's worth talking about because Ron Rivera absolutely went through my head. I was like that question, like for all the good that he's done, you know, when players are making pro, pro balls and he is so well able to deal with, you know, men and human beings. And we all know his um, medical history that, you know, a lot of sympathy is is given towards him and kind of understanding of why he's so good with people. But I don't know, like you, you have to know, right? You have to know that certain results don't go your way. There was chances of them to clinch playoff spot and there was a, cha- a chance of them to get knocked out of it. It was definitely a strange one. But the confusion in Ron Rivera's eyes, the week that he's after benching Taylor Heineke, to put in Carson Wentz. And I mean, paying attention to that game, I mean, I wasn't gravitating towards that game. When Carson Wentz starts to turn the ball over almost instantly, you're thinking, well, this is what they've done to themselves. The the, the sympathy went for me when Carson Wentz went back into the team. Washington wasn't the Detroit Lions anymore that I wanted to see get into the playoffs. I think it was just a miserable end to what had been an exciting two months for them, that they looked like they could be genuinely... I guess one of the best wildcard team. I, I say one of the best. Obviously, there's only the six and seven seed that I'm really comparing themselves to. But how it imploded for Washington, I I don't know. I think it kind of does need to be blown up now because they haven't been a serious contender for the last few years through the whole Ron Rivera era. They've been consistently there thereabouts, but they've never been a world beater. And when it comes to the New York Jets, that's the one that I really am surprised with and kind of frustrated with. I feel sorry for Jets fans. It's now 12 years and counting that they haven't made the playoffs. And when they were in the shape that they were in to lose five straight the way that they have done, their defense was a playoff caliber defense for so or so much of the year that they did hit a slump. I mean, they gave up 200 yards yesterday in the first quarter alone, they weren't getting the takeout or turnovers. They were giving up big plays. So I suppose from that point of view, they had hung their hat on the defense. But when you mentioned Mike White, Mike White looked like Zach Wilson out there. He, we talked about two weeks ago, can he, and is he playing for his future? Well, he was, as it turns out, playing for his future, because when you see the performance that he had yesterday, that's going to like follow him into the off season. We're all going to be talking about, no, they really do need to go for another uh, quarterback. We know Zach Wilson, they've kind of attached themselves still at the end of the day. We know this was an assessment year. So when you have Mike White playing like Zach Wilson, and you know that you're in quarterback purgatory, Michael, I'll tell you this much. The, because the Las Vegas Raiders went as far as they did with the San Francisco 49ers yesterday, their playoff hopes this season went on longer than the New York Jets who had been eliminated before them. Like, how did that come about, considering how good the Jets looked? I'm going to take you even into the Jets generally here and be like, first off, Mike White yesterday looked like Walter White on towards the last couple of episodes of Breaking Ball. He looked like he couldn't walk in a straight line. And... Um, Mike White was one and three with the Jets. Joe Flacco was one and two. Zach Wilson was the only quarterback with a winning record for the New York Jets this season. And yet he's been, of course, there has been times where Wilson's been atrocious, but he still won five games. Now, I get what you're saying about feeling sorry for the Jets and stuff, but it's like, I mean, they were going on as if they won the Super Bowl after beating the Bills. I mean, let, let, let's be honest here. Like, I, I enjoyed the ice cream memes with that little kid as much as anybody. I thought it was good crack. But they have not got it done. They are going to a Seattle team which has not turned up since Munich, technically. And they couldn't they couldn't roll them over. And frankly, I think, I think Seattle need uh, to win in Week 18 and for the Lions to lose. Um, I think I've got that correct. They still have a chance, but you, you, you would think with the talent that you have, especially on that offense. And the Jets defense should have put they should have they should have held Seattle to under twenty points yesterday. I think it's just really disappointing. The, the thing that the Jets have done really, really well this season is given time, given trust in Robert Salah, but you know this is this is a massive turning point for this Jets team because so many questions come into the offseason. What are you gonna do a quarterback? Who are you gonna bring in? If you're gonna bring anybody in, it's it's obviously they're gonna bring somebody in, but it's, it's gonna be a really intriguing point. The the Bucks with Todd Bowles 
we're 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 going to talk about it in a minute. There's going to be so many different coaching merry-go-rounds this season. I think where it's just a disaster. But yes, the Ron Rivera one. I have a lot of respect for Ron Rivera, the coach and the man. I was pretty stunned to see yesterday. I guess Michael, I'll jump over to you. I was stunned to see a coach that wasn't aware of his team's playoff chances. Is that me being harsh or is that maybe him being out of the loop completely where he just wants to win the game? If that is, surely that's being too out of the loop because that's that's ridiculous, yeah? It's, it's insane. I really, really like Ron Rivera since his days with the Panthers and stuff like that, but that that's just unforgivable being so out of the loop with the team and where they are in the playoff picture and stuff like that. But I know I always haven't been really high up on the Taylor Heineke and Mike White. Everyone seems to really, really like those guys, but I know they're just like a flash in the pan, basically. Like they may have won or two a couple of games. You might like their... I know Taylor Heineke got Jordans for the colours of every team he's beaten. And you kind of like the the crack with that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, they're not going to be those teams' franchise quarterbacks. I've said this before. They're a waste of time, honestly, being the starting quarterbacks for the teams because they're not going to go anywhere. And now I think it's two different situations. I think the Jets definitely should be, I said this last time, starting Zach Wilson and see if they have anything with him. There's no point in bringing Mike White in and out, in and out, changing the quarterback so much. And just, you have to see what you have with Zach Wilson. And if he's not good enough next season, just get rid of him. Just trade him away or whatever you want. But don't be kind of knocking his confidence or staggering him with a quarterback that's not definitely not going to be your your starting quarterback. And then I, I, I don't like Taylor Heineke either. Like, I think he's fun or whatever. But yeah, they shouldn't have started Carson Wentz yesterday. And those three interceptions, I just think Carson Wentz has completely, his career is done. He's never going to be a starter again in the NFL. I think he's going to be a backup now for the rest of his time. But yeah, if... Ramavir and the commanders, if they wanted to go into the playoffs and keep their playoff hopes alive, they should have stayed with Heineke. It takes you back to those days where Carson Wentz was traded, Mark, and it's I remember asking myself, what are they doing here? It's just funny to see. I would be of the opinion that I, I, I actually you know I agree with you, Michaela to an extent with Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson, Mark, is done. Um I, I don't see him playing again in the league. Maybe as a backup, whatever, but I, I just don't think he's going to get the same opportunity again we've seen Geno Smith on Sunday who was consoling him and giving him some advice and frankly if, if you look at Geno Smith and you look at the the battles that he's experienced this year the reality is Geno Smith is starting in Seattle because yes he won at a quarterback battle but Russell Wilson was traded that's why Geno Smith has had the opportunity and he's done very very well to an extent apart from yesterday of course I suppose there's only so much you can do Mark and um, I, I know you had touched on the Raiders and like it goes into the whole conversation about different quarterbacks like Jared Stillman yesterday. What a debut! Even though I think McDaniel's and we we haven't been we had I think we had a small chat about this because we were actually recording when it was announced. I think McDaniel's is mad getting rid of Derek Carr in Vegas. Like I really really do. I've I think he's playing with fire a bit, and I also feel that you can see already with the. The murmurings going on in the back. You heard Peter Schrager on Sunday saying about people are not happy in Vegas. Is this some sort of like markdown or stamp down by McDaniels to show his some sort of authority in, in, in the offseason? It would really throw up on him if if Derek Carr went somewhere else and played well. But look, Stillham had a good, very, very good start to his his campaign with the Raiders. That was a hell of a game last night. Hell of a game, sir. Yeah, I mean, definitely to take it, I think that mcdaniels made the move because you know heads have to roll i suppose this time of year i guess it makes his job a bit safer to you know that they've scapegoated Derek carr what i really took from the game was coming into it Devontae adams you know was really attaching himself to Derek carr you know we know all the comments he made up in the build-up well we missed it because we had obviously put out our preview but you know Devontae adams coming out and saying he's the reason i'm there we obviously had a well documented that they were friends and they were in college together so when he goes on this you know um i'm not gonna say tirade but you know when he when Devonte adams sticks up for Derek carr the way that he does and then he goes off for 11 
targets, 153 yards and two touchdowns with Jared Stidham. You have to look at the similarities with the Brock Purdy debut when it looked like McDaniels does have a, a system there and that you can plug and play a specific kind of quarterback because he looked like the best quarter it was the best quarterback play the Raiders have had all year now is that a flash in the man is it like Baker Mayfield his first game with the LA Rams I don't completely think so like he looked extremely competent in the game yesterday it was 365 yards for him against an insanely good 49ers defense that you would have given them no chance against and I suppose it was um, kind of cool to see Brock Purdy the other side of the field to think that these guys you know in a, in a year where we're saying all these kind of fill-in quarterbacks. Um, I saw that the other day. I think it's been 66 or 67 starting quarterback, or sorry, different quarterback changes this year, not full-on starters, but different quarterback changes. We It is, has been the year of different quarterbacks playing. And Steve Jarrett didn't go in there. We thought that the white flag had been raised by the Las Vegas Raiders, but suddenly they did still, like they did still have playoff implications on the line. So to do it against that San Francisco team, I mean, what does it mean for San Francisco? Not a lot, really. This is obviously does happen sometimes did they underestimate the Raiders I don't think that was completely it I think that's a disservice to what the Raiders did yesterday but when you flip to what the Raiders did so I, I definitely think it was really impressive and if you're a Raiders fan at the end of the day it, the playoff chances were so unlikely that they were better off losing but at least they got a bit of excitement in the in the in-between Michaela it's funny because Mark spot on I, I really enjoyed the debut from Stidham and going up against Purdy and what Purdy's been able to do with the Niners. Niners now look a serious threat. They've looked a serious threat for weeks, but grinding out those results in Vegas when it's on the line and you've got your third choice quarterback and Brock Purdy's leading them down the field and he's looking at guys like he didn't even rely that much on George Killian. So you got Ray Ray McLeod who came into the game a lot, Brandon Ayuk, who's having a storm over the last few weeks. The defense coming up for them. And then again, yeah, looking at Jared Stidham with the Raiders, and I, I like what Mark said, Michaela, about the system that they've employed. And we're going to talk about the system for the Eagles in a bit. Uh, and sort of our thoughts on that there. If you can plug and play a quarterback, that makes things a lot easier. Especially when you're going to have a number of players with different cap hits over the next 12 to 24 months in Vegas. Devante Adams said he wasn't shocked with his with Stidham's performance. Yes, he had two interceptions. But for a guy that's come in in week 17, out of the blue to the media and to everybody else, he put up some performance against a team that will be there. Well, I have the Niners going to at least the championship game. So it's it's a it's it's definitely a good start. And I think there's other teams in the AFC West that would love to have a quarterback going over three hundred yards, three touchdowns. I, I mean the Broncos might be one. I think genuinely it's a flash in the pan, to be honest. I did I I had red zone on, so I seen him play and that touchdown to Devontae Adams in the corner with Devontae Adams toe tapped. Like I know Devontae Adams is a star at wide receiver, but you have to drop that in the bucket perfectly for him to even have a chance. So I do credit Stidham. He had over three hundred yards, he had three touchdowns, but I can't I can't ignore the two interceptions. He's probably going to have like a two interception, zero touchdown game next week. I don't believe these, like like Mark said, Baker Mayfield, Mark White, Taylor Heineke. He's probably just going to end up like all those guys. Has one really, really great game that gives a bit of excitement to an otherwise sad franchise. And everyone's like, oh, could he be the next thing? Where you look at Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy's a little different because he's playing like I know he has the number one defense in the league but he's actually playing so well and you can tell he's a likable guy you just want to root for him so he's the actually only flash in the pan I don't think Brock Purdy is a flash in the pan I think he probably will be the quarterback for the 49ers next year if they go far like I think I know saying that I see Mark's reaction on screen here but I just mean I think the 49ers are better off keeping Brock Purdy and then having Jimmy G still there as well, the kind kind of between the two of them, you know, Jimmy G has the leadership, he has the 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 experience. <laughs> What's that? I, I'm saying he's got the two rings. He didn't he didn't play in any of them. Obviously. Oh yeah, he's the two I, rings. Obviously, that's my yeah. My go-to so. joke about Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh yeah, that that that's fair. But yeah, but I think the I think the Raiders are fools. The ownership, I think they're they're fools if they let Josh McDaniels scapegoat Derek Carr as the problem and let Derek Carr leave because I know they haven't done 
amazingly with him at quarterback but in a league that's so hard to find a starting quarterback I genuinely think if Derek Carr went somewhere else he could be a Jimmy G and he could be leading he could be leading another team to championship games I I don't think they should let him go I like I said it's it's Jared Stittum isn't gonna be you know he isn't gonna he's gonna be a flash in the pan basically he's gonna be like a Taylor Heineke or a Mike White so there's no point in kind of being excited about him until he goes four or five games with this performance and and reduces the interceptions but I definitely think if I was a Raiders fan and I heard they're keeping Josh McDaniels over Derek Carr I'd be fuming because now that causes problems for Devontae Adams because he went to the Raiders realistically and honestly because Derek Carr he's best friends with Derek Carr so if he stays with the Raiders next year and they do really bad again he's just going to be like I want to be traded at the end of the day so I I think the Raiders are in just a bit of a mess at the moment to be honest I wouldn't want to be a Raiders fan but yeah we all know Derek Carr is probably going to be going so the question is who's going to be the quarterback at the Raiders next year and Michael obviously thinks it's Tom Brady I don't think it will be but it'll be exciting well, Mark, I, I it's it's funny. I, I agree with Michaela in regards to Stidham, and we need to we need to give him time. Um, I've been really impressed with Brock Purdy. That being said, if Jimmy Garoppolo is ready to go in a divisional round, I'm bringing Jimmy Garoppolo in. Like that's that's me. Maybe I'm just mad there. I I, I think they'll. I do think the Raiders will make a move for Brady, wherever he goes there. And that's a different thing. I think Brady could end up in Miami. It just it's going to be that sort of off season. I, I do think he'll play next year. The thing about Stidham yesterday, Mark, is it was a good performance. You know, stat-wise, it was an almost outstanding performance. He took away the two interceptions, nearly 400 yards on the day. Uh, Raiders blowing a double-digit lead. Time is, it, this is this is the sort of decision that time is going to tell. But you have to give him under pressure in a game where they were still mathematically in with a shot at the playoffs at the start. They didn't, he didn't do too bad. You would like to see him clean up his game a bit now going into week 18 uh, and to make him use that opportunity. But I think he's definitely proven he deserves at least a chance as being uh, talked about in the quarterback battle going into the 2023 season in Vegas. Yeah, and I think that's where I would come from on it. Like, at the end of the day, you know, Mikado's calling them flash in the pans. And we, we know that these guys aren't world beaters and you know I suppose that's not really what we're advertising but I think the importance of Stidham going in yesterday did show that McDaniels does have a plan now it must be extremely frustrating if you are a Raiders fan that this has come so late like you'd rather see it but if he does he's obviously played well yesterday the offense operated well with him yesterday most importantly if they then play well in week 18 we'll get to that later on the week obviously but then you have a whole off season of oh what ifs Versus, you know, you were thinking that maybe you go out and you attack and get a Tom Brady or you go and do the draft. So I think it's frustrating from their point of view. But yeah, I think you have to take the lifelines for what it was that in a big spot, he came out and he delivered, I suppose, against a massive defense. So take from that what what you will. You know, if you're a glass half full, you're thinking, brilliant, we could have a quarterback in the building that would be at least a backup quarterback. Or if you're a glass half empty, you're thinking, oh, I don't want this dragging into the offseason. I want to make a serious move, a quarterback. Love it, love it. Uh, best luck to the readers in the offseason. I, I look forward to seeing what they're going to do with Devontae Adams, etc., uh, etc. Et I can't wait to see where Derek Carr goes. I think he's going to ball out. I think he's going to have like a redemption season. He's going to lead wh- whoever he goes to to the playoffs. Um, Todd Bowles, folks. <laughs> How do I say this without getting in trouble? We're 23 minutes into this podcast. So I could probably get away with it. Maybe this is his persona. He was so laid back in Germany in person. I'm not saying he doesn't care. He, he, he cares, right? He was very, very laid back. And then, Mark, you see the decision um, yesterday with 30 seconds to go in the second second quarter. The Panthers have the ball. It's third and 20, and the Bucks have got a timeout. And Todd Bowles doesn't think the timeout. Like, there's decisions like that there, and you're thinking, what the hell's going on? But also, let, let, let's just, let's cut the crap here. It, t- it took until week 17 for a Bucks team with Tom Brady and Mike Evans, never mind everybody else in the defense, to win this division. Is that a stackable offense? Because I, I think it would it would definitely murmur some sort of job uh, job review situation because I I think 
the fact that we were coming into the, the last minute of that game yesterday and the Panthers still had some sort of remote chance of winning that game and potentially winning that division with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers who won the Super Bowl two years ago with the players that they have. Career day for Evans. Incredible day. Loved watching the deep connections from Brady to Evans. It's been a long time coming. Why didn't we see that in Germany? I mean, where was that at in Germany? I just... I think the Bucs are coming to the end of a cycle. I think Brady will be out at the end of the season. I think you look at guys like Sean Murphy Bunting. Um, you look at guys like Tristan Wirfs. You look at guys like Mike Evans. I I, I just I think that we're going to see uh, an exodus. The big question is, one, where is Brady going to end up? And two, will Todd Bowles still be there? I don't think he will be. And, and I still feel like the former coach is like there. Like He's almost like Sir Alex Ferguson with David Moyes a bit. And... Um, I think it's a bit concerning for Bucks fans. I, I don't have them going far in the playoffs. As of today, uh, if I had my ESPN schedule playoff thing up, the Bucks um, are playing who? Do you know, Mark? Like, uh, as it stands? I think they're playing the... Uh, is it the Cowboys? In a home game? As it yeah, stands? It's the four, yes, they'd play the top seed. That, that's that's pretty much locked in, I think. it's They're playing the Cowboys or the Eagles. <laughs> playing the Cowboys or the Eagles. I, and now everyone's saying, oh, Brady gets a chance to play at home again. I don't think it matters. I just don't have them winning that game. And I was just really, really concerned about Bowles overall yesterday. I thought there was a real lack of decision-making. There was a real lack of want to take control of the game. And that's a concern for the Bucs fans down the stretch. But then they'll come back and say, well, look where we were before we went to Germany. And look where we are now. We're in the playoffs. I'm sorry, but when you're playing the Falcons, the Saints and the Panthers twice a year, I don't think that washes, personally. Yeah, I... I yeah, feel like we're going to talk about this in week 18, but for me, Todd Bowles, he isn't the best head coach in the NFL, but I don't think he's done enough to get himself fired. I mean, I think it's the circumstances. If this was going on for three or four years, then it would. But I think we look, we know the cynicism that goes on in the NFL and that head coaches of color are gotten rid of faster than the rest. So, I think that the Bucks organization is actually one of the better organizations. General Manager Jason Oish had has displayed that. Um, Bruce Arians, I know what you're saying about him being like Sir Alex Ferguson. I 100% agree. But at the same time, he has championed minority coaches and you know putting them up there. That's how Todd Bowles got into this position. Obviously, he got to the Jets that was with, after Bruce Arians in Arizona and then now when Bruce Arians left this year um, he had left with Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator even getting head coaching uh, interviews last year so I think that the Bucks organization will do the right thing and probably keep Todd Bowles involved there look there is a massive rebuild probably coming but that's what happened when they got Tom Brady it's like it opened up a window out of nowhere and they did get a championship out of it so it's like they had a glory year i'm not going to say it's going to rival maybe even the john gruden year but like at the end of the day the fans have had a fantastic time there is going to be some ugly fallout but i don't think that just lands itself on todd bowles again like we know that there's been incompetence even from this year but it hasn't been the biggest foul from an nfl standpoint you know like the guys are going to get fired <clears throat> and we will talk about this but i think that they have shown much less competency than Todd Bowles, little as he has probably shown um, to some people. What gets me with this game yesterday is like, you know, I saw someone tweet out, oh, Tom Brady does this. We need to give over on, oh, it's because Tom Brady. Okay, yeah, there probably is a mental aspect that uh, Sam Darnold isn't able to see it out. But like, the Panthers were 14 nothing up in this game. Into the fourth quarter, they were 21-10 up. Like, I had them on, on my, my ACA plus three and a half, and I was thinking, yeah, like, you know, I had a 17 and a half point cushion there. You know, I'm absolutely laughing. So, when they, li- it's it's just as much as the Panthers losing yesterday. This wasn't just on Tom Brady. Like, at the end of the day, Sam Darnold had an interception. They turned that, the books into a field goal. They, they he has an a fumble ten minutes to go at his own ten yard line that ends up in a Brady quarterback sneak. Like the Panthers shot themselves in the foot just as much as the Bucks won this game. So I don't know why people are championing. Oh, Brady is so good in these spots. Like yeah, Mike Evans absolutely blew up. Do I see them any differently? No, two hundred and ten yards. 
he had those on absolutely long gainers that were bust by the Panthers defense, like 63 yard, 57 yard and 30 yard touchdown. Like those aren't good, just good plays. Like those explosive plays have been lacking for the books, but just because they showed up in one game against a really poor defense doesn't mean that they're going to be consistent. So people that are going to town saying, oh, Mike, Mike Evans is back. I don't see it being like that. Like, um, 207 yards on 10 passes. Yeah, he absolutely blew up. But for a guy that had 14 touchdowns last year, 13 the year before, he went into yesterday's game with three touchdowns. He's now at six. That's still way under what he's used to. And a 200-yard performance is the reason that he got over 1,000 yards this season for the what ninth straight record setting. But like, it doesn't mean anything. It was against an awful Panthers team that have been shooting themselves in the foot all year and could have won this game yesterday. Uh, Michaela, it's funny because like I look at the whole Evans situation, like Mark said there, and I'm thinking, where's that been the last seven, sixteen weeks? Everyone it, was given off. Michaela last night about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady said, "Oh well, they're in the dance. Aaron Rodgers is not there yet, but no. they're they're they have a chance of being there." And all that matters is this first playoff game. Well, I think as a fan, you have to you have to obviously put you know tip your hat to how. Wilkes and this Panthers team have played over the last few weeks. They've given themselves a chance, and that's all you can ask for. Um, it was a very disappointing end for the mystery. Sam Darnold with a more like a yo-yo type game up and down. Some incredible plays, some in, in unbelievably bad plays. And um, if I'm the Cowboys, Michaela, I am not fearing this Bucks team going into the playoffs in any way, shape, or form. I, you know, they're they're quite well known for their their late drives, their yeah. late pushes. I think if you, I think if you rest a few boys in week eighteen, I think you're going into the week nineteen, the first week of the postseason, potentially with a game in Tampa Bay. And I think you're laughing personally. I, I don't. And we'll we'll talk about this in the next conversation. But I just don't think, I don't think Dallas should be going in trying to get the number one seed next week. I think they should just go in, get the game against the Bucks, get it done, and see where it goes. Yeah, I understand the um, kind of mindset of I'm not afraid of the books and the books haven't really shown us anything to be afraid of except for maybe the late four quarter drives that they that Tom Brady can obviously win. But at the end of the day, it was it was I was actually when I first saw Brady make the first long throw to Evans, I was like, is that actually going to reach him? Can he still throw that far? And lo and behold, he can throw that far. And he gets three touchdowns practically out of the same play with Mike Evans. And it was great to see Mike Evans get three touchdowns. But I don't know. I'm not so quick to write the Buccaneers off. Like, I did think they were probably going to lose yesterday after seeing, you know, the the, the 14 nothing scoreline. I'm like, of course, they're going to lose to the Panthers again. But... I know everyone kind of enjoyed and are praising the Panthers for their, you know, late season kind of drive and the and the head coach is doing well with them and the new head coach or the interim head coach, whatever you want to call it, is is getting results out of them. But I would have hated to see them in the playoffs. Like that is they would have gotten battered by anyone they would have played they would have had no hope of going past the wild card where if you were to say the Buccaneers oh yeah well they have Tom Brady they have Mike Evans they have a good few players on defense where you can kind of see them getting over the line and at least maybe getting into a divisional round where the Carolina Panthers would have just wasted that playoff spot and it would have been an an, even more of a walk in the park for whoever they play the Cowboys or whatever but no I'm not so quick to write the the Buccaneers and Brady off because I just think like it's Tom Brady never bet against them I know I say this over and over again now saying that I think if they were to play the Cowboys they'd probably be they'd be beaten and knocked out but you could see the Buccaneers doing something crazy and magical and making a longer run rather than the Panthers and I think the thing about Todd Bowles is that I think his personality, I think the, like last year, I like, I understand what Mark is saying about minority coaches and there needs to be more minority head coaches in the league, definitely. But I think looking, per, like just basically looking at the, obviously they won a Super Bowl and then last season they were 13 and four and now they're just so poor that I'm kind of like, what's the difference? And the only difference I can see is, is the head coach. And I think it's probably just a, a, a personality thing. Like Bruce Arians, we all know Bruce Arians was a 
a firecracker like he's like really really riled up and then obviously so he obviously got the best out of players being like that like they got a Super Bowl they got a 13-4 record last season and then they switch head coaches this season and like Michael said he's he's more laid back and he doesn't like obviously he cares but he's just he's not a, a firework probably like Arians and I think I think that could be one of the things you know like the some personalities rile up players more and get the best best out of them. So it could be just something simple as that. And it could be obviously that Tom Brady is, you know, Tom Brady. So like he has to have a say in a lot of this stuff. And maybe that's, maybe Todd Bowles doesn't like that. Or maybe it doesn't, just doesn't work out the way it did with Bruce Arians when they both kind of had a, a say in it. Um, But yeah, I, I'm, I'm not quick to write the, the Buccaneers off like you guys just... <laughs> Interesting. Well, then let, let's talk about this whole NFC season situation and let's jump on the Eagles, Marcus. Wow. This is uh, yeah. interesting. I'll just start off by saying that for me, Jalen Hurts is still the MVP by a country mile for me. I think the way he's performed this season has been exemplary. But that goes into the conversations about the Eagles. If you rely on a quarterback like Jalen Hurts and rely on a guy in that position to and, and, and his talent that he has to, to rely on him to, to get you over the line and to win. But if you don't have the coaches in place, if you, if you don't have the system in place that allows Garner Minshew to at least get 60 to 70 to 80% of that system when he comes in, it's not going to work. You have to wonder. You have to wonder how injured is Jalen Hurts. That is the key, key situation um, here. And I that's what I would be concerned about if I was a... Uh, Eagles fan, and I, I think that's a real, I think that's a real, real issue for them. They were really, really poor on Sunday, and now they still have not locked up the number one seed. They have not locked up anything really going into the last week of the season, and that's that's just crazy. Like you know, that is insane that we're coming to the week eighteen, and this Eagles team that blew teams out all season is not where it needs to be. And I, I think that's something to look at over the next the next few days. For me, I'm concerned about their long-term strategy down the stretch, but I'm also concerned about what will they do in the playoffs when it's 0-0, it starts again. And anything they've done previously just makes me think, hmm. Uh, in, terms of, in terms of the NFC seasons, for me, don't laugh. It's a, it's an audio podcast, uh, so I'll look at your reactions here. If I'm a Giants fan, I'm I'm looking forward to that Vikings game. If the Giants get the Vikings in the playoffs, I mean they're a, they're a team that uh, has made massive strides under Brian Dable. Daniel Jones had a great day on Sunday. To be fair to him, fantastic performance. They're talking about giving him and Saquon long term deals. They're getting Daniel Jones is getting the most out of a really really average receiving core. Kevin Thibodeau enjoys celebrating maybe a bit too much um, and look for me I I would not write the Giants off winning the wildcard game if they were to face the Vikings because the Vikings were atrocious on Sunday atrocious Mark wh- where do you see this whole NFC race as we go into the last week and I, I know we'll probably look at it in more detail but just your initial thoughts as we come off uh, a pretty stacked week 17 Sunday yeah, I won't give too much away because obviously we're going to talk about this in depth. But like, how does it really shake out? I think the Eagles take a notch down in power rankings while the 49ers stay up there and the Cowboys are there, thereabouts. The Cowboys are doing, you know, peaking at the right time and stuff like that. When it comes to the Eagles, yeah, it shows why going undefeated is so difficult because a few weeks ago we were obviously talking about that and even looking, oh, they only have one loss on their um, whatever standings. But it goes to show, and I think this is a very obvious point, but not too many people are talking about it. Injuries are to blame. Now, again, we've said in this, we don't feel sorry because every team has to deal with their injuries, but they're certainly coming at a bad time because it's not just Jalen Hurts. And at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts missing a couple of weeks. Going into this game, there was definitely some complacency. I was reading about, oh, so the Eagles need to take care of business and then they will have the chance to bring back Jalen Hurts for whatever number of series they want in week 18 against the Giants that, you know, they won't want them being too stale and out of the loop because they're going to have that number one, or sorry, that number one seed boy. 
obviously things have changed even in the last 24 hours to say that Jed, they do want to get him a tune up, but they also need to see how they're going to be able to get around these injuries. Now, look, Lane Johnson is massive when they lost, lost their right tackle. Lane Johnson, that offensive line sent three starting or three starters to the pro ball and then two alternatives. So we know how good that offensive line has been. But when Lane Johnson went out last week, it certainly showed up yesterday i mean what was it five sacks that uh, or six sacks on um gardner Minshew yesterday so obviously that is worrying josh wet went down on the opening um possession that he's had 11 sacks and an interception and a forced fumble through the year so far he now he says he's going to get back lane johnson says he's going to get back jalen hurts we expect back and then the other one, Avante Mandox, the cornerback that went out on Christmas Eve, he's he's out indefinitely with a toe injury, but he could get back. So the break that they're having with these injuries is that it's happened at a bad time, but at least they're not out for the season. So, I mean, look, what does it really mean? I think that they're definitely going to have a harder path through the playoffs. They were showed no explosiveness through the first half yesterday, 61 total yards. They couldn't get the ball going at all. I think they'd hardly any time possession in it because they couldn't go or get anything done with Gardner Minshew. You kind of felt like it was going to be a game of two halves. I was expecting them to turn around in the second half. Obviously, that didn't happen. But, I mean, if they get these guys back, you're going to be laughing in a couple of weeks' time, especially because Jalen Hurts is going to push through at the end of the day. Like They were being careful with him, and that was the luxury that their record afforded them. But um, yeah, it is crazy now to think that they could be a number five seed if they were to lose this week to um, they play the Giants, obviously, and then Washington plays Dallas. Th- that's insane that they could be a number five seed. Michaela, what's your thoughts on the whole situation there? Because that, that is nuts. I am, I'll be some fault. I am having war flashbacks to the 2020 season where the Pittsburgh Steelers started 11-0. And then got knocked out in the wildcard round to the Browns. That was the Browns' first playoff win in like 20-something years. Yeah, I think Jalen Hurts, I said this earlier, has proved he's the MVP. He is needed. He is vital to that team playing well. It's not just slotting any quarterback and it'll work. I I still rate Gardner Minshew, don't get me wrong. But I think the, the injury at the tackle position for the Eagles to Johnson is just showing that he is also vital to the success because that was a really strong offensive line. And now that he's gone, um, Minshew didn't have time to throw. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of irritated because I was obviously watching that game, and I, I thought to myself, okay, if we lose against the Cowboys, it's not that bad because the Cowboys are really, really good this year. But to lose to the Saints really, really annoyed me because I know the Saints have a good defense but they they have a quarterback carousel as well where sometimes they'll throw in Taysom Hill for like wildcat wild plays and then they play Andy Dalton who isn't anyone's favorite quarterback let's be real so the fact that we could lose to them and not it was kind of like last week the defense couldn't get it done and this week the defense did get it done but our offense couldn't get it done the only nice play we had was the big reception to AJ Brown for a touchdown and then we could have gotten back in the game but just didn't so Jalen Hurts needs to come back and Johnson needs to come back at the tackle position and I think we'd be flying it's kind of the one thing I will say is that I'm kind of happy that it's happened now and not in the playoffs like because every team needs to have kind of like a like the Cowboys went through it the Bengals went through it the 49ers went through it the Bills went through it where they have a few bad games and they lose a couple of games but then they bounce back and it seems like they're unbeatable for the rest of the season where it's happening now to the Eagles because obviously their star is out, Jalen Hurts is out. So he needs to hopefully come back next week and beat the Giants to get the number one seed, hopefully. Um, and I know we battered the Giants last time, but I wouldn't, I I think that's going to be a close game. I think if Minshew plays, I think he has to get a win somewhere. I think they could maybe get it done with Minshew next week. But if Minshew's going into the playoffs with the Eagles, I think they're, gone in the if they get the number one seed I think they'll be knocked out in the divisional round if they have to start Minshew that's my thoughts let's uh let's end this podcast with some thoughts maybe some AOB or you know different thoughts from each of us and um, I'll jump on what Michaela just said Mark and say this can't wait to hear the Giants fans this week because they were given off a stink whenever the what or just whenever the Philadelphia Eagles rested everyone last year for Washington look forward to that conversation this week because the Giants will not be playing a starter against the Eagles in Week 18, surely. So, uh, you know, 
can't, can't wait for that this week. It's going to be a fun one, Mark. Uh, I will also say to Russell Wilson, I don't want to talk about Russell Wilson. <laughs> the Broncos should have beat the Chiefs yesterday. They really should have. Like that. That. Like I guess the Chiefs thing is a sign of a good team where you uh, you grind out a result two times a season that they frankly were almost beaten by a Broncos team who are not 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 a good team. They've played awful this season, but it's one to look at down the stretch, especially in the in the playoffs with the way the Chiefs this Chiefs team that handles the fourth down or fourth fourth quarter situations. Anything stand out for you yesterday, Mark? Apart from the fact that. Ron Rivera didn't know about the playoff situation. Um, a bit of a mad day, wasn't it? I definitely want to jump on the Broncos thing because I was watching that game saying, I know I said on the podcast last week about how when you bring in your head coach, you know, your interim head coach, that they give you a bit of juice for that first game back. And I suppose it is the sign of a good team for Kansas City, like you said. Just like I thought the same thing for the 49ers and kind of to loop back to that conversation. I think there are certain teams that when they have those kind of like tough game wins, you believe it. Like I believed when the Chiefs beat the Broncos yesterday, they should have taken care of them a lot easier. I think that the 49ers should have taken care of the Raiders. But then I think you can plug someone in like, were the Vikings winning that Raiders game yesterday? Why are the Giants winning that game? a Raiders game yesterday or a Broncos game yesterday I don't think so and that's what makes this so different to us and so apparent who the top seeds are I do think a Dallas goes in and wins that yesterday and why I'm saying it is yeah the Vikings losing in the fashion that they did to the Packers we should probably be giving it more time but I think everyone saw it coming a mile away I think that Justin Jefferson this is why, and I texted you this yesterday, Michael, this is why he's not an MVP to me because it was completely out of his hands whether they were going to win that. Yes, yeah, so I, I looked up the stat. He was across from Jair Alexander on 20 snaps. He was targeted five times on those because obviously Jair Alexander being the lockdown corner that he is, and he had one catch on it. Like completely, he couldn't do anything to help his team. This was a Vikings team that we've been calling calling fraudulent for so long. It was 41 to 3 with 10 minutes to go. It ended up 41 to 17. But the Vikings, you know, we have this whole stat that they're 11 and 0 in close games and close games is what you want to be able to win. But the fashion that they're losing in is absolutely outrageous. They're not able to put up the a kind of convincing win themselves except for their biggest win this year was that that first week against the Packers. It was, what, 23 to 7 or whatever? And it was definitely a surprise. When you look at this as, oh, this is the flip, the one team that they beat convincingly absolutely trounced them. I thought it was tone setting from the Packers going in to the playoffs, a bit like what we said last week, that you can take whatever NFC division title you want, but when you're going in limping into the playoffs like the Vikings will versus what the Packers have somehow been able to get out of their team, I, uh, that's kind of eye-opening to me. I think that uh, it will be satisfying to see what happens to the Vikings and Giants if they are dumped out of the playoffs. One of them has to go like in the in the first week if that's... Um, if that's how that kind of stacks up. Although, yeah, it looks like we're going to get 49ers, Giants, I think. Uh, let's see what happens at Niners-Giants game. Michaela, any final words for this uh, extravaganza of Week 17? I think, I didn't believe it, everyone was saying it, but I do think the Vikings are fraudulent, are frauds. I do believe it now because you both picked, I believe, the Packers to win this game. And I was like, surely not. The Vikings surely cannot lose to the Packers. Like, come on. And they did. And it was a blowout. And I can say now, yeah, they're defo um, frauds, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I think I'm going to make a prediction for the NFC Championship game. But this is on a basis of Jalen Hurts come back. Jalen Hurts comes back. It's going to be probably... I'm hoping the 49ers and the Eagles in the championship game. Um, and then also, the there's two games I'm looking forward to this week, the, the Lions and the, the Packers, because the Packers have gotten hot at the right moment. The Lions are the underdogs that everyone wants to see, you know, succeed. So that would be, and it obviously has really, really big playoff implications for both teams. And then also the AFC side, it's the Jaguars and the Titans is my game to watch and I believe that's on the Saturday um, just because if the Jack the obviously again playoff implications for both teams but then it can the Jaguars will I don't think they haven't sold up the, the division have they? 
That's for the marbles. That's for all the marbles. And I think it's funny that you're saying um, that, you know, you'll enjoy that. I saw a tweet yesterday saying that that's a tasty matchup, Michael. Mm. And I was thinking it's about as feisty as the Panthers books game yesterday. It's (laughs) a team with an eight and eight record has to win its division. Like when you see the those division winners stack up against the other ones, like, you know the the Cowboys are in a are twelve and whatever twelve and four and are in a number five seed. And then you're thinking about the Jacks. Don't get me wrong, I take on board. And I, I'm I'm sorry, this isn't a shot at you, Michael. I'm just thinking about how this must sound out loud. But I'm excited about the Jags. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like I'm not excited about the Jags Titans game purely because the Titans they absolutely suck at the moment. Yeah, like I, I, it's just, it's just a, it's not going to be a close game. I think the Jags will beat them and beat them easily. But it's kind of when I say I'm looking forward to it, it's just I'm excited for the Jaguars to win the division and then go into the playoffs. Considering they had the number one pick last year, and nobody thought they'd get anywhere. Um, probably a show for Doug Peterson to win Coach of the Year if if they, you know, think he's a shot in. Anna. I think either the Jags or the Chargers make a deep run in the playoffs. There's that's that that's what I'll say. Um, Chargers. I will I will run on this just what you're talking about here, folks. Um, for people listening to this podcast, they're announcing the Sunday late game and the timings of games later on, probably, probably after Monday Night Football because if Cincinnati lose, they can't just announce it until after that game, so it'll be announced very quickly afterwards. And then basically, uh, that that's pretty much it. That Titans Jags game is late on Saturday night, and for people thinking that the uh, the other game between the Lions and the Packers might be. The last game, game two seven two, it's probably not going to be because if Seattle beats LA, uh, the Lions are out, and if Cincinnati lose tonight, then the, that game against the, I think it's the Ravens next week could be for the AFC North. So I think that could be your one where you see the Seahawks game and the Packers Lions game in the same window, and then you see the potentially that game in in in, in that window. Look, there's a lot to talk about. We'll be back during the week, and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll get going there. You can catch us on all forms of social media at NFL Ireland, and, and our social handles are in the bio below as well. But here for now, thanks a million, folks, and uh, enjoy your week as we get ready for this last week. Finally, some serious football, like serious, serious football. I'm dying for the playoffs, like, you know, I think like the rest of us are, because there's been a lot of nonsense, a lot of nonsense that's kept us going story-wise the last few weeks, the likes of Washington, the likes of the Jets. But as we get down to the nitty-gritty, I think it's very exciting. It is, I 100% agree. It's. I really hope the Lions get in. Uh, I hope the Jags get in. I think they will get in. But like, it's cool that as predictable as the season has seemed to be, that we there's a lot of options on the line now going into Week 18. Bring on, I can't wait. We'll be back. Uh, podcast dropping on thursday morning looking at week 18 video podcast will be out for that as well looking forward to chatting to you soon mark michaela chat to you soon have a great week folks chat to you soon